Welcome to the College Football Bros, a top 25 college football podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who thinks the media disrespected the Cornhuskers. <laughs> yes, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who has Mississippi State in his top ten. Oh, no, not the FPI again. That's me, Trey <laughs> Newman. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into uh, the topic for this episode, the top 25, we have a quick word from Trey Newman. That's right, and I, I want to talk to you guys about our Patreon. We would love for you guys to join if you haven't already. And and honestly, the, the, the beauty of our Patreon is you get bonus episodes. We record about one a month. Uh, you, you get access to our Discord. And if you don't know what Discord is, I didn't, don't worry about it. I didn't know either. It's just kind of a platform to, to chat. It's like group, group chat with, uh, the other patrons. Michael, Ryan, and I are in it every day, often interacting with all the patrons. And it's great because we don't just talk college football throughout the rest of the year. You know, we, yeah, of course, some, predominantly college football but it can be all other sports all other topics it's been good we've gained a lot of friends good camaraderie uh through that so if you go to patreon.com slash college football bros welcome to join our patreon we would love to have you if you need a friend join our patreon it's been great exactly (laughs) uh okay so for this episode we went through uh, we found 10 preseason top 25s just from a bunch of different sources, mo- mainly the big ones, SI, ESPN, some metrics, SB+, FPI, and we combined them into a media consensus top 25. So again, this isn't our top 25, but we're going to break it down, maybe say, you know, just we'll just have a discussion about it, what stands out to us about it. So we'll start at number 25, just made it in, Ole Miss. Number 24, Oklahoma State, 23, Arizona State, 22, Coastal Carolina, and 21, Washington. So, Ryan, from that first chunk of five, anything stand out to you? I mean, the first thing that grabs your attention is just seeing one team that you don't ever see there uh, in a preseason top 25, Coastal Carolina. I mean, that is obviously yeah. be the first time that they would be preseason ranked. Of course, that's not saying much but the fact that they're doing that now wow it just propels them what a great season they have and they got a lot of folks coming back of course Grayson McCall they're they're sophomore now quarterback or I guess technically was he going to be a freshman still because last year yeah technically he's a super freshman we'll call him a sophomore we'll just go with that for the rest of you know time here for we're gonna have to do that for like four more years like (laughs) it's gonna be hard I know I it will be interesting to see what everybody gets listed at um I, I don't know yet to be honest I think they'll be listed at I, yeah, good question. I guess I shouldn't say. I don't know. I would think they'd move them ahead a year, but they would have the option to come back. I think, I think that's what they're doing. Cause yeah. you, we've already heard it with super seniors. We have that term. So yeah, I think they'll just move everyone ahead. Yeah. But if you stay long enough, you'll become a super senior. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but the other thing I, I did want to note, point out is I like Arizona State here. I think they could even be bumped up a little bit. I mean, I, they, you know, Pac 12, they hardly play. They played four games, two and two. Um, but as we, as if you guys remember, their first game last year was at USC, and 
they were up what 13 points with like a couple minutes oh. left or something like that mike they should have had that one. they really yeah. should have had that one and then they lost another close game to ucla who was a much improved team last year otherwise they pounded well, but they had a lucky lucky win against arizona though really yeah very lucky they only won by 63 <laughs> yeah very lucky uh and then they beat up on on the on the beavers too in, in uh corvallis as well so i think they have a lot coming back i like of course Jaden daniels is really good smart smart decision maker um their defense is bringing a ton back they're going to be active on that side of the ball so i like i think arizona state is going to sneak up even higher in this once the season plays out there i like what they have coming back i would agree with that uh i just kind of want to added i want wanted to add to your coastal uh mention you know i feel like this is a little bit more of a nod to their success last year and you know their storybook year because honestly both Louisiana and App State in the Sun Belt are ranked higher in in some of the other preseason metrics. Um, Louisiana themselves, they return a bunch of production. I think like 20 starters more. They got Billy Napier. And they're in the easier Sun Belt division. Like, in fact, if you look at their division, or if you look at Coastal's division, there's, Coastal's division is tough. The worst team in Coastal's division would probably compete for for second in the West. So Louisiana's is just they have a much easier path, uh, yeah. in my opinion. And I mean, Coastal should be good. I'm not knocking them, but I just think this might be a more of a nod to the success last year. And then I also wanted to touch on Ole Miss. They they snuck in, and I just want to see if that Kiffin's defense can improve in year two. Uh, we know the offense with Matt Corral should be great again, but the defense is going to be what separates them from being a potential top 25 team because they they gave up over 500 yards a game that just can't happen if they want to be taken serious going into year two yeah and my first you know thing that i noticed too was also coastal and i agree with you trey i i'm a little bit higher on um on louisiana i think just because they're they were basically you know as good as coastal last year they were very very close and uh, they are number one in the country in returning production. So I like them, um, maybe to replace Coastal if I were making my personal top 25. And then I guess the one team we, well, I guess a couple teams we didn't Dude. mention, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They just need they just, Spencer they need, Sanders to stay healthy. Stay healthy and, you know, Get clean up the turnovers yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, and then as far as Washington, They've always they've got the time. I mean, they won the Pac-12 North last year. Yeah, this yeah. is so, a good spot for them. They return a lot on yeah. D. Uh, and they return a lot at really all over the place. So um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, if Dylan Morris. I guess he's probably the favorite to be the quarterback. But they've they got Patrick O'Brien transferred there, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's interesting. They've got Heward, the the true freshman, uh, yeah. four or five star, whatever he was. So, um, but yeah, the, I think the Pac-12 in general. So the, here's two Pac-12 teams here. We're Spoiler alert, there's, there's two more in the top 25. So I think the Pac 12 is, could be strong this year. It's just that there isn't that top team. So they might not recreationally get the respect. Depth wise, I think it's good. And Washington, I feel like I, I agree with you guys. I think they're in a perfect spot ranked about 21st right here, but I do feel like they, they have a little bit higher ceiling compared to maybe some of those other schools just because if that offense does take a step forward, I don't see why they, they couldn't propel themselves into contention. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, all right, let's move on to, uh, 20 through 16 we have here. So number 20 is LSU. Uh, 19 is Indiana, 18 Penn state, 17 Texas, and 16 is Miami. So, 
Trey, what do you uh, see in here? Anything you notice? I guess the thing that jumps out to me is LSU and maybe even Indiana, they stand out as maybe a bit aggressive in my opinion. I mean, LSU obviously has been in, hauling in elite classes, but they need that to kind of start paying dividends here after last year's train wreck. Uh, Eddie O, he had to re- restructure the coaching staff again this year. So he hopes that yeah. he's going to hope that the new coordinators can, can push the right buttons. They did. I mean, they finished 500 last year, five and five in the forties of, of some of the advanced metrics. Um, I'm definitely encouraged how they played a little bit down the stretch. You know, they won at Florida with Johnson at quarterback, but again, they were kind of fortunate to win that game. And, you know, you would think the offense would take a step forward, but we, at this point, we don't actually even know who the quarterback's going to be. You know, is it Brennan coming back from injury, Johnson? And, you know, they do lose, they lose a guy like Jabril Cox at linebacker. And that defense was really what held them back last year. They gave up over seven yards per play. So, they have them ranked 20th and town alone they should, but can they put it all together? We'll see. Yeah, I think LSU, tough one to rank. Like just in general, this kind of chunk here looks like the toughest, in my opinion, to I rank agree. all of these teams. Cause you talk about LSU, Indiana, I don't think it would surprise anyone if they, you know, fall back to a six, seven win team, especially with, uh, with Michael Penix injury concerns. Penn State, are they going to bounce back? I mean, I would expect them to, but. They've still got issues on offense and at quarterback, so yep. who knows? Uh, Texas bringing in a new head coach, new quarterback, and Miami, they, I think that I have a good amount of confidence that they'll be good if De'Aaron King is himself, but if coming off an ACL injury at the, you know, the tail end of last year, so who knows? Yeah, I think there's a couple of, uh, QB battle situations that I'm interested to see in this, in this particular group with, with Texas, of course, you got Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, who's going to kind of, take the take the edge there um i mean thompson we saw finish the season really well um in their bowl game and i you know with texas like they have they have a very high ceiling but also a pretty darn low floor uh you just obviously with you think i do yeah okay well no let's let's debate what 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 do you disagree with on that statement well i don't know if they do have that low floor like They've been good the past few years. Like I know yeah. Herman got fired, but they were still pretty good last year. Um, and they've, they've been recruiting well. They've got a lot of talent. It's not, I think, uh, Sarkeesian's walking into a pretty decent position. It would, it would be hard for me to see them being that bad. Like, well, I don't know. I guess I don't mean like they might miss a bowl game or anything, but you know, if they're yeah. ranked 17th, you're finishing, you gotta, you're looking for at least nine wins there if you're finishing 17th, probably. So I could see them struggling. I could see them down at seven yeah. or something with a new quarterback, with a new system. Uh, you know, their Texas has, has disappointed before. Um, but yeah. I, I, mean, I'm, they could lose, lose game one to, I think it's game one against Louisiana, I guess. And then, yeah, that sets up for, there you go. Maybe not a great season. There you go. Um, but I do, I mean, I also realize what you're saying. Like the, the, the cupboard isn't bo- isn't, uh, empty. Um, Herman obviously recruited fantastic. So it, they also have the potential to, I mean, win the big 12, like no doubt about that. They could definitely win the big 12. They could be a dark horse playoff team. Like we've been saying it for a lot of, a long, a lot of years, but Ryan, are you saying uh, they're back? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Hey, it, you never know. One of these years they will be, they're, they're too talented not to. And I, I do like Sark. I think they'll do, they'll do well, but it, there's some unknowns this first year. So I like that. And then, uh, the other one was, um, what was it? Oh, LSU, of course, with uh, Max Johnson and uh, Miles Brennan. I mean, there's the way they both play it, honestly, they're both good options. You know, it's just a matter of the things around them and their defense. Can they get better? Um, 
with all that they do have obviously plenty of experience and talent, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how those kind of play out. Yep. That's uh that's totally fair. And Indiana also, they've been, they've been on the right side of quite a few close games the last couple of years. So, you know, yeah, I, I think I don't know if, if you ask the average fan out of this group, I think everyone's going to point to Indiana as, you know, the one that they would expect maybe not to, to be in this position. But, you know, I just, I like, I like what they've done. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to finish there, but they, yeah. they at least kind of semi deserve to be there at this point. That's true. All right. Moving on to the next chunk of, of five. I don't want to say group of five. Uh, so we've got 15 Iowa, 14 Michael's USC Trojans, 13 Wisconsin, 12 Florida and number 11 Oregon. So, uh, Michael, what do you think? Uh, well, I'll get to the two teams at the top that I think maybe have the, the most potential if everything goes right, Oregon and Florida. And I'm interested to see how their quarterbacks perform because I think that's, I mean, it's easy to say, but I think that's kind of the X factor for those teams with Anthony Brown for Oregon. If he stays healthy, I think he's pretty good. And, and he's got like, I think the rest of Oregon is pretty solid. The defense should be good. Mario Cristobal always has a good offensive line. I love their skill talent too. So, if Anthony Brown is good, then they could make a run at the playoff. And then for Florida, Emory Jones, like he's, he's the guy I would be looking at if you could get long shot odds for the Heisman, because we, we know he's going to bring the run element, which Dan Mullen has liked in the past with Dak Prescott and some of his quarterbacks at uh, Mississippi state. We just don't know if he can pass yet or how well he can pass. So we'll see. That's the X factor. If he's, if, if Dan Mullen can coach him up to be a great passer, then. Yeah, they're a playoff threat. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, there, I'll, I'll take the two Big Ten teams here, uh, Iowa, uh, and Wisconsin. Iowa, uh, I'm not so sure I would have them quite this high. Um, I think some of their losses along the defensive line, uh, are, might hold them back. I think they're going to be a little bit smaller, uh, up front, maybe not quite as stout. And I'm not sold on Spencer Petras, like he just, didn't have that. He wasn't all that great last year. He might take a little bit of a, a jump. They do have some good weapons, um, but I'm just not totally sold on them being that high. And I do think the Big Ten West will be an improved division from where it was last year. So I think they're going to have a little tougher competition. They they got they won some close games last year um, against the fellow that fellow di- division. So I think I would probably put them a little lower. But I do like Wisconsin. Uh, I think they're going to have a bounce back year. Uh, Graham Mertz going into his second year. Obviously he showed some inconsistencies as a freshman. Um, I think this year will be a little bit better, a good full year under his belt. He'll have plenty of experience around him. The defense returns a lot, so that defense will be really good. Trust trust that side of the ball. I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, uh, so, you know, kind of higher on those, Wisconsin, a little lower on Iowa. It's, Wisconsin's one of those teams that you can forgive partially last year because they had so many COVID issues uh, at the beginning of the season. and Yeah. Jack Cohn going down right before the season didn't help. So yeah, I agree with you. I, yep. I agree on that, but it's funny because overall I do, I semi disagree though with kind of the, I like Iowa's defense, I think is going to be really good. I know they, they lose some, but like yep. I think SP plus has them preseason number one defense, which is pretty, pretty crazy or, or top, top five for sure. Um, but I a hundred percent agree with you, Ryan, though, on that offense, like they need to step it up. And, you know, with Ferentz, they never, Iowa doesn't generally have these lofty expectations and I don't have anything to back this up, but it feels like when they do have the expectations, it's, they don't 
necessarily match them. It's, they always, they always kind of overachieve when they're not expected to do much. Um, but you know, with Ferentz, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get at least eight wins, but they're going to want a little bit more this year. They do, their schedule sets up decent for them. And then Wisconsin, yeah, well, it'll be interesting. They, they did, fin- I know they had all the excuses, but the offense still only finished 61st in some of the metrics last year. Uh, so we'll see which, uh, Badger team come, comes back, but I mean, more often than not, they're good. And I, I guess I'll, I'll speak, Michael, you mentioned Florida, uh, you know, and Emory Jones. It's like the last couple of years though, we didn't know, uh, Felipe Franks was going to be any good. He turned Felipe Franks into a solid quarterback. We didn't even hear about, you didn't even think Kyle Trask was even going to be anything and look at the yeah. years he's had. And then Pitts came out at semi kind of quote unquote out of nowhere this year. Like they might not have the ceiling as last year's team, but there's no reason to think that they couldn't be good. Cause I think a lot of people will just say, Oh, they lost all this production. How are they going to be good? Well, they, they still got, they still got Mullen and, and some players. Yep. And I guess the, the last team we didn't talk about yeah. is my, my USC Trojans. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I try to shy away from saying, Oh, I'd have them a little bit lower. Cause I, I think I probably would, I guess now I say it, but like when you say that, it's like, okay, well, who are you putting ahead of them definitively? And it's like, well, I don't know. It's hard. You got to put somebody, somebody high, but, uh, worry about the offensive line. It was, it was very bad last year. Apparently the spring game did not go well at all for the offensive line. So, uh, that is the the big concern with SC, but they've, the schedule sets up pretty well. It's yeah, it pretty, does. by USC standards, especially. Usually they've always got a really tough schedule because you got the built in non-conference with Notre Dame, which they still have, but the rest of the schedule is pretty easy avoiding, uh, Oregon and Washington. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to actually before we get to the, to the top 10 here, quick word from our sponsor, myfrontpagestory.com. Mother's Day is just over two weeks away, and this would be a, a perfect gift for your mom. So the service they offer is they'll have a professional writer uh, talk to you on the phone for 10 or 15 minutes about your mom, maybe your wife, some, you know, whoever you want to get the gift for, and they'll write a really great story about them. The story comes on what looks like the front page of a newspaper. Um, they can have it framed for you so they can your your mom can hang it up right when she gets it. They've been a sponsor for us for a long time. We've had listeners tell us that they got it for their loved ones. They've all seemed to love it. You read the reviews. It's, it, you know, seems like it's a very emotional gift for people to receive. So it's perfect for Mother's Day. Highly recommend going to myfrontpagestory.com. Use the promo code BROS15 for 15% off. That's myfrontpagestory.com. Promo code BROS15. All right. All right. Moving on to the top 10. So we got. Number 10, Cincinnati. Number 9, Notre Dame. 8, North Carolina. 7, Texas A&M. And 6, crazily, is Iowa State. Yes. I want to lead off with Iowa State. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Number 6 for Iowa State. That is, I mean, obviously the highest they've been ranked preseason ever. Uh, that's just insane. That is, uh, I mean, it's a legit squad. They, they earned this. This is not, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, there's a reason why they're six. This is a good team. Uh, Brock Purdy, of course, very proven, really good quarterback. Uh, maybe at a, a little bit slow start to last year, showed a little bit of maybe some, some, uh, hiccups, but he's really yeah. good. He's really good. They also had some injuries, uh, at, especially I think Charlie Kohler was injured for a little while, which hurt him. So, which Charlie Kohler, their potential All-American tight end, uh, he's decided to come back. 
Apparently, he flipped a coin uh, <laughs> to make that call. Did and he say he, that? I don't. Well, he said he his parents told him flip a coin and assign each one, you know, to a head or tails, whatever, and then depending on how you feel after you know, right, that's right, then you know the right answer, right. So, anyways. He said it went. It came up Iowa State, and he was like, "Okay, I, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's all right." So, anywho, uh, Brees Hall, uh, of course, the fantastic running back, very uh, maybe underrated. Actually, he's really, really good. Um, so they got a lot. Their offense and their offensive line returns practically everybody too. Uh, I think it might be literally everybody, if I'm not mistaken. Um, key pieces defensively, they lose a couple. They lose a couple. They lose, mainly Jaquan Bailey is uh, he's the biggest loss. But, you know, when you still return practically everybody else, they return, uh, uh, Will McDonald, who led the nation in sacks last year with ten and a half. Uh, you know, so they've got an experienced group all around, good quarterback, good defense, playmakers at tight end, running back. This is a, they're very good. You have to have them top ten. Well, like they were yeah, you have borderline to. top ten last year and they so bring that, back just about everybody. That's the thing I want with, I think there's going to be so many people that just instantly say Iowa State can't be six. There's no way they're good. They're Iowa State. They're never good. But I want to, yeah. And of course, every year there's top 10 teams that don't pan out, but I want, I, I kind of thought of this like this way. Treat Iowa State as like a blind resume or think of them as Ohio State here. Cause if you told them, if you told, if I told someone that a blind team or, or Ohio State finished the year top 10 in the metrics, preseason top 10 in the these metrics um they had a top 15 off efficient offense and defense and they're in the top five of returning production like we wouldn't even hesitate for a second to have that team or ohio state in the top six but everyone and their mother is going to say that they shouldn't be with ohio uh, with iowa state so yeah and it's always it's it's tough too because you're, when you're making these rankings, you gotta slot teams, you know, you gotta slot somebody number one, you gotta slot somebody number two, and so on. When in reality, like if you were setting an over-under for these teams where they're gonna finish ranked, they would cluster more towards the middle, you know, yeah. like. Yeah. So, for Iowa State, yeah, it's totally reasonable to put them sixth in your preseason rankings. If you set an over-under for their ranking, of course it would be higher than six, it would be, I don't know, twelfth or whatever you'd set yeah. it, but that's just, not the way rankings have to work. You got to put somebody six. Yep. So. Did uh, did anyone else jump out, Ryan? Uh, on, I, Texas A and M to me. Uh, just life after Kellen Mond. I mean, he he was good. Uh, maybe he was never elite uh, there, but he was there for four years and was kind of their guy that led Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher's that's his only quarterback he's known there. Uh, so that's I'm interested to see who replaces him. Like Haynes King is probably leader in the clubhouse there. Um. So I'd kind of be surprised if it wasn't him. Um, but how's that going to happen? They got so much talent otherwise. I mean, they've been recruiting gangbusters. Are they going to prove now that they're just going to kind of replace guys? Like it doesn't matter necessarily who they lose. The next guy in we know is going to be really good because they're recruiting practically at that level. Um, so that's kind of got me on intrigue here because having about seven after losing your starting quarterback, that shows what other people think of the total talent that you have. Yep. I, um, I, I looked at Notre Dame. I think they're, I think they're overranked here. Um, people are going to say shocker to that. You know, they tend to be, but I try not to overreact to overreact to personnel losses for these top programs because they do, they seem to kind of replenish with the new batch of talent. But in the Irish's case, it's really hard for me to overlook it. They lost a staggering amount of production. They're almost dead last in, in returning production in the country. Both sides were just, 
ravaged. Uh, and now, you know, it is boosted a little bit because they got transfers like Jack Cohen at quarterback, but it's not really moving the needle so much for me completely. The only thing going for them that I see is their schedule isn't impossible this year. I, generally, their toughest games are at home. They get Cincinnati, which is tough. SC and North Carolina all come to South Bend. So that's one thing they do have going for them. I agree with that. Yeah, and this this list right here is, I guess, because you'll see once we get to the top five, it's kind of the usual suspects. So yeah, all these teams here, I guess with the exception of Notre Dame, would be new blood if they were to to make the playoffs. So that's that's kind of exciting to see um and you know for so North Carolina I they just need some receivers to step up but they've you know the way Mac Brown's been recruiting the last couple of years like this is I mean this is what we thought going into last year you thought maybe maybe it's a little too early to expect a huge jump from Carolina they they kind of did make one anyway but can they do it again um we will can see can they maintain even yeah yeah true um but they got Sam Howell, so that's yeah, pretty he's, good. Yeah, he's good enough to make some of those new receivers look good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Cincinnati, and we, just, we know they just return a ton of production. Desmond Ritter, of course, uh, the defense is great. So, I mean, they're going to be tough. Yep. So, any any other comments from this chunk? I think that'll do it. Let's go with the top five here. All right. At number five, we got Ohio State. Number four, Georgia Number three, Oklahoma, two, Clemson, and number one, Alabama. Trey, what are you noticing here? Yeah, I, I certainly don't have any issues with these five teams, and I don't think really anyone would. It's been these five pretty much for the last five years or so. Uh, the only argument you can make is just shuffling the order. And honestly, if they got shuffled in almost any order, I, I wouldn't be mad. Um you know, I guess the two that that stick out to me in terms of of thoughts, uh, one is is just Georgia. I'll, I'll stick with one and hear what you guys have to say. Uh, can Georgia's offense really take the leap this year with JT Daniels? Uh, looking at how they finished last year, it's logical to say yes, but I'm just a hair apprehensive because it seems like you know everyone thinks that they've turned the corner there and they will just continue to build and flourish. I hope that's the case, but I, I would have some hesi- hesitation with that and because it doesn't always parlay into continued growth growth the following year, especially when you lost a guy like uh, Pickens on the outside. Yeah, I'll key in on Georgia too. I'm starting to kind of buy in. Um, like yeah. last year, going into last year, I was very like – we were all kind of, I think – relative to maybe expectations slightly lower on Georgia because I I want to say we all picked Florida to win the yeah, I did. the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so but this year I don't know, I'm just I, and I was last year I was like way low on JT Daniels. I I just after yeah. seeing his true freshman year, I you know, I I guess I judged too harshly that there there was huge growth clearly from what we saw at the end Me of last too. year. So now I'm I'm kind of buying in. You get a full off season with Munkin and the new offensive system full off season with JT Daniels as the guy, I just, there's the potential that the offense really explodes and they, yeah. they got so much talent, obviously. So the defense, you know, is going to be great. I, I think they could put it together this year. I would have them. I mean, it's hard to say, but I, I would, I definitely put them, I think ahead of Oklahoma. That's yeah. That I, was what I was going to say. I, I switch OU and Georgia here. Other than that, I think it's good. 
Um, you know, and I, Ohio State and OU, I think, are neck and neck. But just give me Spencer Rattler uh, as a proven quarterback over the, I mean, unproven quarterback of Ohio State. I'm sure whoever it will be will be very good. Uh, yeah. But you know, Spencer Rattler has proven to be one of the best. Um, it was this is just kind of an easy choice. I feel like these top, these were clearly the top five. I mean, there's you know, I mean, Iowa State may have a little bit of a gripe, but not really, right? I mean, it's Ohio State. Like, it's hard to put Ohio State ahead. Exactly. Like, you you can't do that. So it's really clear that it was the top five. Alabama was the clear number one. Uh, I think Clemson is the clear number two. So yeah, really to me, and I thought Ohio State to me was clear five. So I think Georgia and OU were the only two that I was like, eh. And I like Georgia as well. I like Jordan Reed came back, stout on that defensive line. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's really not Jordan Davis, you mean? What's that? Oh, I say Jordan Reed. Yeah. Sorry, that's like the Seattle Seahawks D lineman or something. Okay. It's like, <laughs> Jordan, I don't know Jordan. Jordan Davis. Thank you. My bad. Uh, wrong Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, I, it, this was an easy, easy one here for these top five. Well, yeah. And then, you know, you mentioned Ohio State. It's just, can anyone replace the production of fields? Like no one's going to instantly just match his production, but you know, right now they have a, kind of like a three quarterback derby to take over. And, but no matter who it is, you can, you know, they're going to be good. They're going to be relevant. Cause Ohio state's in this point where it's like every year it's, if they're, it, it's the playoff or it's a failed season for them almost. Um, and yeah, you go more, JT the most Barrett. important, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, but I think just the most important question for Ohio state is I'm not really as concerned with the offense. It's more, uh, the defense. They just, they lose so much production from that side of the ball. So they're going to have to, a couple of years ago, they were, you know, what was it? Two, three years ago, they were atrocious. Then they turned it around and now they're going to have to kind of prove it because of the production they lost. So if their defense is legit, then no reason they wouldn't be yeah. in the mix again. I, I don't worry about the offense, you know, really hardly at all because with Garrett Wilson and, um, Chris Olave. Yeah. Yeah. There's back yeah, and Ryan just, Day leading the, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like Oklahoma offensively. Um, that it'll be interesting. Number one, I haven't made my decision yet. It's very early in the the off season. As far as I, th- I think it'll be down to three teams: Georgia, Clemson, and Oklahoma or in Alabama, and maybe more like I don't Clemson think Georgia will be in consideration yeah, for. Me. Yeah, I was I, probably Clemson and Alabama will be between, but Clemson. I mean, just because everybody back on defense, like yep. almost literally. And we saw Uyunglele looked yeah. very good. Might be getting Justin Ross back, like. Yeah, you could put like. them number one and I'd be fine with it. They're, they're right there. Clemson, Alabama, totally neck and neck. No problem with either. All right. Uh, I've got some also receiving votes here from our, well, not from oh, our top wow. 25, from the media consensus top 25. It was 26 Mississippi State, 27 Louisiana, 28 Michigan, 29 TCU, and 30 Utah. Any, uh, if, if, if you had to put one of those teams in the top 25, who would you uh who would you put in? Yeah, I didn't prepare you for this. You don't you don't have the I, list in front well, of you. Well no, I you know it's I'm I'd be between TCU and Utah. Um you know, yeah. Whittingham always seems to make the Utes relevant. They they return a lot of production. Um TCU is more just kind of like a blind flyer for me. For some reason I have a lot of blind faith in them. Upcoming one last run for Gary Patterson. A team that's not even on this that I kind of like this year is UCLA. I think UCLA, they, they had two really close losses last year, Stanford and then SC that the, they could have easily won and the narrative on them might be a little bit different. So, and they have a lot of returning production as well. 
I would probably lean Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, um, just based off of how great they've been, uh, double digit wins multiple years in a row here. And they return everybody. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. They were Levi Lewis, that entire offensive line. Like they're, they're, this is a legit team that's not just coming out of nowhere. They've proven it. They've beaten good teams. They won in Ames last year at Iowa State. So, yeah. you know, they could go to, uh, what they're going to Austin right this year. And I would not be surprised if they win that one. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're, uh, they're in the top 25 if they win that. But yeah, I think, I think I agree with you. I think maybe Louisiana would be, would be my team, not Mississippi State. I'll tell you that. Like, no, we got, we got to discuss this briefly. They, they're the only reason they, they made 26, uh, on this composite list, even though only one of these, these 10 polls put them in their rankings. It was, it was FPI putting them at ninth. And in, in general, like, I don't I know if FPI eight, is much it? maligned, but in general, I feel like it looks pretty reasonable, but not this one. Not that, not this, and not really kind of this year in particular. Mississippi State at nine. I just, it's such an outlier happened. And they even tried to explain it in an article and it was just, the, the assumption, the underlying assumptions are that the defense is going to take this massive leap and the quarterback play is just going to be outstanding. Like really week one was amazing against LSU last year, but then, you know, it was just kind of up and down with, you know, Will Rogers and now they have the transfer Jack Abraham. Like, man, I don't know. But hey, if they do pan out, then FBI is the bomb. Hey, props but, to but them. Here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. This is one of those where, because anything could happen, right? Like, I mean, yeah. team surprise. Uh, Coach yeah. Carolina finished, you know, eleven and one last year, whatever they finished. So it, it could happen. But even if it does, I still think it's a stupid prediction. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. it does, still doesn't make sense. Like, it yeah. may happen, yeah. but it was still not smart to predict. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for not going with the general group think, but the uh this metric, it would be hard for me to actually. Hit, hit enter and, and publish that if I, yeah, if I saw that. I would be that. like looking into the formula, like, wait, like how did it happen? They don't have, <laughs> if they were first in returning production, sure, but I think at least on Bill Connolly's list, they're, they're, I don't think they're that high at all. And they it just, that you lose a lot of year. confidence even when you look at the other teams in the ranking. You're like, well, what does this mean if they have Ohio, or if they have Mississippi State ranked eighth or ninth? Like I would just, yeah. I lose a little bit of confidence in it. Yeah. Anyway, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see the maize and blue, uh, in the top 25, uh, either, you know, obviously last year was not that great, but they're, maybe their, their offense gets a little more consistent. Maybe Alan uh, Bowman, yeah, Alan Bowman's yeah. there. They, they've, they finished in the top 25 for of Harbaugh's first five years. It was just last year that was, was down. And exactly. The defense has got a little flawed and quick trigger on Don Brown, but, uh, we'll see if that side gets a little more back to its. Uh, old ways because that defense is what's carried them obviously with during the Harbaugh years mm-hmm. but they still got talent they still you know they got they a lot brought of, in a good a really good recruiting class this I year know. I was surprised with yeah. Harbaugh seemingly uh you know definitely on the hot seat that the extension not extension yeah a very weak extension yeah. <laughs> yeah um okay well that'll do it for this episode of the college football bros podcast uh be sure you're subscribed because next week is our second annual head coach rankings week. So there's going to be at least five episodes. We're going to rank uh, each of the Power Five conference head coaches. Uh, and we're also going to, those are going to be available on YouTube as well. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, give us thumbs up on the videos, go comment there. All that stuff helps. We'd love if, if next week was a, a big week for, for growth for the podcast. And, so. 
And a uh, word for the Arkansas fans, Sam Pittman will not be 14th this year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That'll yeah. be a fun one. We should just do it again anyway. Yeah. Hey, only That's our games. You yeah. know what we got to do? When we make this list, though, we've got to privately, or maybe we'll talk about it in the Discord. There's a reason to join Patreon. We'll We'll predict... Yeah. Which fan base is going to be most upset about our, our coach was... rankings? <laughs> Arkansas took the cake last year. And yeah, hey, they did. It worked out for them. We were, worked we out were wrong. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anyway, thanks again for listening. Let's talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.